Here's Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Good morning. Welcome in the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We really do have a crazy show. I, it, it even As somebody who grew up on college baseball at, at six and seven years old in the outfield at Duty Noble, I can't believe how much we cover it. Show to show, segment to segment. Can I, and it still freaks me out. Yeah, I got to share a story from my youth. Can I drop something real quick? Yeah, you do your endorsement. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by Mack Hike and Flowood. MackHikeFlowood.com. If you are in the market for a truck or SUV, they have the number one selection and the best inventory. MackHikeFlowood.com. Blake? Jeep Life. Um... When I was in elementary school, obviously, and then into junior high and high school. Were you like Kevin O'Sully Sullivan yeah, where you right. yanked it out of the yard? Yeah, that's right. No, uh, I was a giant baseball fan, obviously, huge baseball fan. I mean, largely in part to we, Mississippi State was terrible at everything else. But I, I genuinely always loved baseball, like, a ton and loved playing it. And to your point, even in the 2000s, because I graduated high school in 10, so I was, like, seventh grade in or whatever uh all through that time baseball coverage was still skimpy espn barely showed any college baseball on tv true um that only started with the sec network true um and now this year espn unveiled again we talked about this they're they're airing over 2000 plus college games between live tv and streaming platforms they'll have over 2000 college games which is the most they've ever done we love that but you couldn't even like there wasn't even a college baseball page on the ESPN website in the 2000s, but I want you to like, think about that. I just want you to understand that there was there was a WNBA page, an NBA. There was a, a soccer page for like you know Premier League European soccer. There wasn't a college baseball page on ESPN's website in the 2000s. That's how far we've come, even in the growth of the game over the last 20 years. That now there's actual dedicated coverage across sports platforms, and now a show like us. And like we said, maybe in Baton Rouge, maybe in Arkansas, you know, can spin, three markets. Yeah, can Jackson, spin this time. Mississippi, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're exactly right. Yeah. yeah can 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 they actually have a main a college baseball discussion on mainstream radio? Right. That's crazy. Without doing a niche specific baseball podcast correct which is college yeah. which is wonderful and they grow and the we game. have those we in need, the state yeah we need them and, and we need both, them, yeah. you know msu and ole miss and, and that's and that's great but uh that's a good point blake you know i lived all of it um look when tim brando and espn would come into startville in the 80s and call a game. Which is pretty crazy, yeah. It was unheard of yeah. what Raffi and Will and Polk and Jeff Brantley yeah. 
drove. It was, un- but do you realize because of technology, how much easy? I mean, they had to bring in trucks for days and all this kind of crazy stuff. We have all those cameras on at, campus at, at now. Ole Miss yeah. today. It's it's. I'm not saying it's easy, but just they're going to be able to stream that game. Yeah. At one o'clock with no yeah. And you're going to be able to watch every single pitch yeah. of Ole Miss and Arkansas State. Which is a game you never would have seen in a million, in trillion a million years. years. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I grew I mean, that's part of why I love radio. And so it is somewhat bittersweet because I grew up listening to radio and baseball was a huge thing. That, you know, you listen to, you still got a few games on TV for football and you got a few games for basketball. You got no games for baseball on TV growing up until you got to the SEC tournament. Who's doing color for Mississippi State? But they rotate. It's, it's Ron Polk and, and Jay Powell, and sometimes they. But bring, Jay's coaching. Yeah, no, Jay's Jay's doing. Color. They rotate, so it'll be like Ron will come in, Jay's Jay will at come prep in as an assistant, right? Yeah, he was there this weekend. He did some radio for them. Okay, go ahead. So Who they else? they bring in Polk. Does they, John still jump in every now and then for a couple innings? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have a Brad Henderson yet that does 56 games. They do not have a steady one man. I think Jay is the closest thing to that. Okay. Over the last couple years. Okay. And Jim Ellis is obviously I know, still I know color. Yeah. Bart and Char- I mean, Charlie Winfield do a lot of the TV yeah, and they had somebody different. streaming games. Yesterday, Bart had somebody else with him. I can't remember the guy's name. I can't. Well, I'm, I Charlie hate to has say a this. law practice. Like I said, these some of these people well, actually mid, have jobs. Midweek at 11, Charlie's probably like, I'm in court. You know what yeah. I mean? Like on a Tuesday at 11, right. I'm in court. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, All right. So yesterday, they had someone else. It's somebody with, and he's done a few games with Bart I was before. Tied up. I can't remember who it is. I hate to say that. Okay. But yeah, they they did a good job. But that's the the point is of all this is to say the coverage, the accessibility. When you talked about star power, Bo, that the SEC network, we've recognized Jake it in football. Mangum but, was yeah. the guy yeah. that drove the fact that he played for four years and two hundred and fifty plus games in SEC baseball. And you could watch every, every inning of Jake one. Mangum play yep. change the game for state, yep. Ole Miss, for everybody in the state. Yeah. There's That's no doubt. what happened. There's no doubt. And it's and it's incredible. It was too. just timing. No, it's incredible too because again, I it's so hard to like differentiate or decipher or pull all the threads apart because they weave together and they, that's what makes the picture that we see. But Jake Mangum if there's ever been like a, you know, main artery, uh, a building, a cornerstone, like we talk about in construction, that one piece where if you remove that one piece, the whole thread unravels, there's no doubt it has to be Jake Mangum, and here's why. How else do you navigate three coaches in four years? You don't. You don't. You don't navigate that without a rare, unique uh, Bama can't do it in football. Tennessee can't do it in football. Florida can't do it in football. Nobody can. Kentucky can't do it in basketball. Nobody can. They can't. So it just takes, and that's why I say, if you're an Ole Miss fan and don't you don't put the cart before the horse, because nobody in Startville was saying we're going to win a national title this time last year. Nobody's thought I, that. I like where I you're mean, going. All the text messages and tweets were, nobody can play defense. Why is Cam James starting? And we didn't we feel can't. like they could hit enough. Yeah. Well, and and so my point of all this is to say, it took a very unique set of circumstances. There's a movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg called The Perfect Storm. 
it takes a perfect storm sometimes for everything to go right for you when you're not in Alabama or you're not a, a Georgia, right? Which those sports are different, as you exactly, know. Exactly, correct. In, in football, when you have three times more talent. There's no parity. Right. Yeah. In baseball, the bump is the game changer. Yep. Uh, UT Chattanooga can have a filthy pitcher that can yep. sit your tail yep. down. And there's maybe 30 teams. Even, even if you're MSU, LSU, or Ole Miss. Yeah, there's maybe like um, 20 teams that have comparable talent, too. Yes. That, that can play with you on any given day, right? It takes a perfect storm. It took COVID. It took some weird things. It took Rowdy Jordan and Tanner Allen staying for a season that they never would have normally stayed for in 100 years of college baseball. No. It took all of these things coming together, the bullpen being massively deeper than it's ever been. Because of COVID. took all of those things, right? So COVID and the baseball gods lined up for Mississippi State, and they finally punched a ticket that had eluded them. 100 years, basically, yeah. I mean, ever since they started the program. Now, Ole Miss is a little bit in the same boat. They are. And it's because of COVID, but you don't return eight starters in no. baseball. You don't. You don't do that in Not Major League Baseball. Not just eight stars, but your star power. Yeah. Graham, Elko. Chatagnier, Gonzalez. Ch- yeah. yeah. So, and, and we forget, you know, with, 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 with Elko and Chatagnier and Hoagland getting hurt. That team wasn't the full team at the end that of the year. That is a yeah. lot of star power. So I just... I, I think, think you're on to something. I think you just need to be aware of what's going on in Oxford this year if you're an Ole Miss fan because you don't want to look back and say, oh, I missed an opportunity to see the greatest team of all time in Oxford. I think you might be looking at the makings And can of that. we flip it, Blake? You just mentioned the deep pitching roster that Mississippi State had last year. Ole Miss has this deep batting lineup because of COVID. That's a good point. The show is brought to you by the Charbroiled Oysters at Drago's. Drago's, Drago's. Opening at what, 4 this afternoon? I have to check that. I'll let you know on the other side. On the property of the Hilton Jackson on County Line Road. Charbroiled Oysters at Drago's. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Lunch today brought to you by uh, Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue, uh, Main Street, Madison, and also in Brandon. Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue was Burgers and Blues. 
Now it's uh, B3, Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue. Uh, they're serving breakfast six mornings a week in Madison, and they have uh, just a great lineup and menu for you to enjoy. And if you're thanking your employees, which you should, um, or you want to drop off uh, some delicious breakfast for a client and their office, B3. Burgers, blues, and barbecue. And uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Of course, in Brandon, lunch, dinner. So there you go. Burgers, blues, and barbecue. B3. The B&B burger. We had uh, the Miller Coors guys up here last week or the week before. We hammered some uh, some B&B burgers from Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue. I went all onion rings and uh, come back. I didn't hear one complaint. Love a good onion ring. I think uh, Capital City Beverage is happy with us now that we have some awesome beer in our uh, cooler that's fresh. And uh, that'd be Coors Light, Miller Light, and Dos Equis. So I'm really excited that we kind of flipped the studio and uh, hosted a nice party last week, and we're getting back into that. We had done so much of it pre-COVID. That's right. We had so many fun parties, food, just people getting together, a little beverage, whatever. And we're getting back into that. We're having more and more people in studio, which is why we built this really cool space. The ultimate man cave, but really just a celebration of sports and Mississippi and entertainment. And uh, it was a lot of fun last week to do that. And um, so we're we're getting, we had to knock the dust off. That's right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like when the teams start, you know, to play and so on. And now we're ready. Uh, I mean, we've almost got a full bar over there. Hello. Russell's Reserve, Tito's, and some other goodies. Take care of some of that for us. If we need. <laughs> hey, uh, tomorrow is one of your favorite food days. Oh, all right. Hold on. Is it um, a dish or is it a sing- single item food day? Uh, it's a dish. Ooh. Can you give me a genre clue? Like, is it uh, Italian, Mexican, American? Uh, I guess it would be tied to Oriental. Mexican? Me- Ooh, all right, all right. And I'm being sarcastic. Oh, God. Oh, oh, guacamole day. No, chili. Oh, chili. Oh. You don't like chili. Oh, like uh, Skyline chili, like Cincinnati, Steve Palazzolo style chili. <laughs> yeah, no, that stuff's gross. And that's interesting that that you're not a. Uh, the only time so I. So tomorrow eat- is National Chili Day. Oh, I'm sorry, Spanish. Uh, chili refers to the chili pepper, and and carne means meat. Oh. Or carne. Okay. Now I will eat a stuffed chili pepper. Okay. Like, that's different. But like, if you're talking about like chili, like what we think of, like you know, like game yeah. day chili. Yeah. No, thank you. I okay. I'll put it. I've. See, I've to me, you can. You're you're not you may not be doing it right. You can flip chili into nachos. Correct, but I'm not a nacho fan. Tomorrow is a, you you're not a big nacho fan. I mean I like I them, but you, exactly nachos. like that's you would eat nachos over most anything else. I okay, don't. Okay, tomorrow yeah. is also National Tortilla Chip Day. So if you have the right chili, you get the chips out, you've got nachos. There you go. I have I did do chili dogs as like a kid growing up. That was something that, I that, ate. That's not yeah. I, I, no. Yeah, no. that's about the only way I want chili is on like a good brat. No. Yeah, no, 
the, I don't want the, chili the, by the, itself. The, yeah. See, like in the northern states, that's they just eat chili like out of a bowl, and it's like, what's wrong with you animals? People do it down here too. No. Well, what's wrong I with try. those animals? I like drug dogs. Robbie says chili dogs and Coors Light. Yeah, that's what Robbie. I'm talking about. That's what buddy. I'm saying, dude. We didn't have Coors. I'm talking about a good chili dog. Yeah, not yeah garbage. That's, that's what I'm. Yeah, I agree. Homemade chili dog, not Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, Sonic Sonic does do like uh, dollar chili dog days in the summer. Sometimes. Do they really? Yeah, they used. To, I mean, I'm sure they still do. It might be a little more expensive now, but yeah, yeah. they. They would do those during the summer because in high school, that was like a go-to spot. Isn't everything spot. after yeah. the last six months? Yeah. Go, hello. Go to, this is a go-to spot. I like Drug Dog. He says if it's National Chili Day, it'll also be National Pepto-Bismol Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Accurate. gosh. Okay. Well, that, was, that went another direction. Well, I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah. We won't be celebrating National Chili Day in the Scott household. Okay. I can assure you of that. Well, we don't make it. Uh, I've never made chili, obviously, but um, I don't, Wendy doesn't really make it, but like both sets of parents do. Yeah. It's an older thing. For I guess sure. so. But, yeah. but now people dress it up more. I still think if you, if you think nachos at the beginning, it's a different deal. Yeah. I, I think chili is one of the jalapenos, some cheese. Yeah, I mean, chili is a quintessential stretch it meal. It was designed to stretch well, I mean, your contents. Yeah, most of the world was still is, but most of the, even the overwhelming majority of the world was poor. Yeah, for yeah. thousands of years, that's why we have the red beans and rice and the chili. Yeah, to I mean, make this it is all. Yeah, you can even go before Depression food. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're trying to make rice and beans go a long way. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. So, I think Hugh Freeze ate pimento beans. And rice at Augusta National, that's a hell of an order when you can get anything on the menu. That's weird. That is weird. That should have been the red flag. We should have known something was up. Yeah, when, when somebody that... told me that, and I, I, you know, I don't know if it's totally true, but this person was an Ole Miss fan and said this, is, this happened. Basically, when you order at Augusta National and you stay at one of the cabins in the offseason and you get to play, it's anything you want, like wow. swordfish, Sushi, Wagyu, you know, whatever. I'm going to have sushi tomorrow night. I cannot wait. I love sushi. Sorry, I just, you mentioned sushi. No, I I like sushi a lot too. It's been too long. I had a miso soup and a salad Monday for lunch. Nice. Yeah. I got to cut down on the weight. You're telling me. I've I've gotten a little crazy here, and I, I'm not sure. Over the weekend, I, I ate like I was 21 in Starkville. I, I hit two brothers. I hit Taste. I hit 44 mm. Prime. And then El Hall and I dove into the camp house real quick for, for a late brunch Dude. on before the game on uh, Sunday. I don't, you know, I don't usually stay on Sundays, but th- my life is now switching, you know, I, changing. I'm going to, I'm going to catch more. Sunday baseball and just stay and do go. Monday show remote at times. There you go. And, uh, well, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Right. I mean, why not? So she, what she didn't want to leave. And, and once we, once it finally got to 10 to nothing, it was on the best Sunday, day too. Though. That's the problem. It was the greatest weather day. Well, that we was got the to other sit thing. in the sun, the first four innings, yeah, which was nice. Yeah. Okay. And then the seats we were in, we're got shade the shade yeah. and then we went somewhere else uh, another friend was kind enough to give us some some great tickets up in the what's it called Omaha uh, Club Omaha Club thank yeah. you 
and and we went up there, and then we kind of bounced around. Yeah. But by then, State was just look. Cade Smith. I know we talked about Ole Miss and the ninety-seven home runs, and the fact that they beat Charleston Southern one hundred and fifty to three over the weekend. K and Brad Henderson hit on this earlier in the show. Cade Smith was dealing on Sunday, yeah. and I think it's been overlooked because Ole Miss had such a great weekend. That kid against a tough lineup in Long Beach State and a very good ball club in which they were really, really ticked off where they were ranked preseason around 22-24. Cade Smith was dealing on Sunday. No doubt. Do you think Mississippi State's going to go to a full-time MSU baseball color analyst radio? It's a great Jay question. Jay can't do it right now, Jay Powell. No, he's doing a lot of them. Or they do you like think having... because of Polk's presence, exactly. they want to kind of keep it as a rotation to still give him some innings because he's just hanging out. And... They're going to bring Polk on as much as they want. I to walked into a suite on Sunday and he was there. So was Rowdy Jordan, Woodruff, Justin Foscue, Brent Rooker, some guy named Brent Rooker. You ever heard of him? Yeah. All right. Steve Robertson coming up next. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial roofing company in Mississippi. Is this thing working? The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Mississippi Smart Homes, MSSmarthomes.com. MSSmarthomes.com. Residential and commercial packages available, including, you know, unbelievable sound systems for your living room, playroom, man cave, game room. MSSmarthomes.com. MSSmarthomes.com. Call Jake Manning and the team. MSSmarthomes.com. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We welcome in Steve Robertson. Jeanspage.com, his new book, The Dog Pile, uh, on on Mississippi State's National Championship run is out and he is selling thousands of those uh steve are y'all sold out of the first run yet not yet but uh i suspect we will be by the end of the month matter of fact i was uh down in your neck of the woods last night uh you know signing the remaining online orders up and through yesterday and so if somebody has bought a book from uh the website it's been it's being processed now it's been signed um and it'll be packed and shipped in the next uh probably day or tomorrow so that's it's fun to kind of get that part of it behind you because you can start kind of managing day-to-day stuff. But the uh, reality of it is is we're going to be out of books here pretty soon, but don't worry, more are on the way. So. That's All right, that's a good thing. Um, do you have – I know I'm sure you have some signings this weekend. Where are you next? 
Yeah, so I will be at Barnes & Noble in Starkville on Friday and then Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland on Saturday. And so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. I'll have to miss the baseball game, but, uh, you know, sometimes duty calls. But uh, it kind of is what it is. And we kind of knew when we didn't get it for the holidays, it's probably going to be uh, in some conflicts at times. And so we're going to be uh, – I'm checking the times for you right now. So Okay. Friday and Starkville is, you know, to be announced, but it'll be two to four Saturday at the Barnes and Noble in Ridgeland. They're near you. Okay, there we go. Um, sales, you're you're number one in the state. Is that right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it. Uh, we had limited distribution the first week, and a lot of it just kind of depends on timing, you know. And so the first full week in release, it was uh, it's number one in the state of Mississippi, which is quite an honor. I'd like to thank everybody that's bought the book and help promote the book and uh we expect to be number one again this week okay um let's go to baseball what was your takeaway from from the weekend the dogs uh very competitive game on friday um blown out on saturday and then they blow long beach state out on uh sunday what was steve robertson's one big takeaway from the weekend well offensively they have some things to figure out and, uh, you know, they had to, you know, score 17 runs yesterday, which you should, you know, against Arkansas Pine Bluff and, you know, scored a dozen on, on Sunday. And so, you know, you, you feel like, okay, maybe they found some things. But, you know, until you really get into the heart of the schedule, you're not going to really have a good, honest assessment of where you are. And, that you know, you can take a snapshot from the first weekend of the season and make some, uh, a, you know, some declarations and you'd be wrong. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or where, you, where you're from. One weekend doesn't make a season unless it happens to be the one in Omaha. And so uh, I think you can overreact, as you guys have talked about on your show before. But, um, you know, the disappointing thing was that offensively it just took so much to get going. And then you you basically, you know, waste that great start from Landon Sims. I mean, he goes seven innings pitch, strikes oh, out 13, good. doesn't walk anybody, and then he takes the loss. You know, it's like he gives up that solo home run, you know, with two outs in the seventh. and. Next thing you know, it's a, a three-nothing ball game. But the reality of it is nothing beats nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can say, well, bullpen didn't hold it down. Well, you know, so you lose one nothing, you lose three nothing. You got to go score some runs. And then, you know, Saturday they, they jumped out and, and responded and had a lead. And, and I, you know, that's the thing. Junk ball pitchers are tough on everybody. You know, when you're an SEC team, you know, people are like, oh, man, let's get those 95-96. Well, that's what they want to see. They'll eat that up. Everybody in the SEC is hunting the fastball. And so some of these West Coast pitchers, though, these guys know how to pitch. And Luis Ramirez, I thought, was outstanding for Long Beach State. He was able to throw his breaking stuff for strikes on both sides of the plate, chain speeds, had about a you know, 15 to 20-mile differential at times between his fastball and his changeup. And he was throwing that two-seam sinker and State's beating the ball in the ground. Well, not everybody has that skill set, but you're going to see that again. So if you're Mississippi State, you're going to have to get that handled. You're going to have to figure out a way to get that guy out of the ball game earlier and get into a bullpen. Because, you know, when you see you know, 95-96, I mean, that, that's a Tuesday in the SEC. But you don't always see guys that can throw four pitches for strikes on both sides of the plate. I thought Long Beach State was really, really good. They were they were impressive. Um, what about Tanner Leggett? What's, uh, I know it's early. But uh, do you expect him to continue to, you know, play a lot over the course of the season? How do you see his role developing? 
Well, I, I love having a guy like Tanner Leggett. You know, the utility guy that can play center field. He can play third. He can play short. He can play second. I joked with him yesterday. I said, I think you've done everything but pitch and catch. And I wouldn't be surprised to find out he could do that, you know. But uh, it gives Chris Lamonis that competitive individual that pushes everybody else at their respective position. Yeah, so if you're Lane Forsythe, and Lane is a better you – know, Tanner's a great defender. Lane's an elite defender. But the question at some point you have to ask yourself is we're talking percentage points here. How much offense are we trading to be a little bit better defensively? Then you look at second base. You got R.J. Yeager. You know, it took Scotty DeBrule a while to kind of adjust to, uh, you know, big-time pitching here when we got to the SEC. And so that gives Chris Lamonis, you know, some real options because, you know, now all of a sudden, okay, we've competed all fall. We've competed in the preseason. Well, now you've got a starting spot. Well, well, no. I mean, this isn't the days of the 1980s where we pick a starting nine and ride it all year. Chris Lamonis has shown time and time again he'll make an in-season adjustment. So if you think you've made it, Chris Lamonis and Tanner Leggett will, are here to tell you you haven't made it. You have to keep working. And I think that makes this team a better baseball team. It's because of the fact that you've got a guy that is capable of making plays, not to mention one of the most iconic hits in the history of the program. And this is a guy that's proven he can do it at the big level. Hey, uh, this is going to be – I agree with you. I think it's a good problem to have. You, you want depth, and, and you want a guy that's that's pushing the other the other starters. Um, let's go to a quarter in center field. Everybody raves about his bat and that, you know, if, if he stays right, this kid has crazy, crazy talent potential and can absolutely rake. What are you hearing out of the clubhouse on quarter? Well, I, I, he certainly helped his cause this weekend. I mean, he didn't play in the fall. You know, he was rehabbing uh, you know, his shoulder. He's had a good preseason. And I think, you know, we talk so much about Jess Davis and Braylon Scanner. I think quarter's just a guy that, you can kind of plug and play wherever you have a need in the outfield. I think he's athletic enough to play all three spots out there, which, again, gives Chris Amonis, you know, that competitive key. And I think he showed over the weekend that, you know, he can step up and make some plays. And, and I thought Sunday, R.J. Yeager and Quarter were kind of the rally starters. You know, you go back and look at the box score, every big scoring sequence for State until that game was busted open involved those two guys. And I think Quarter's one of those guys, too, that is just really beginning to scratch the surface of his potential and I expect a big year from him and I think that he's a guy again that you know he's a name that fans aren't quite as familiar with but by the end of the year there's going to be a lot of kids from you know you know Madison and Ridgeland and lining up outside to get their picture made with that guy everybody's going to know who that guy is before the year's over all right let's talk about the uh the elephant in the room Steve Robertson on the out of bounds show and the bucked up energy drinks guest line the bottom line is Tanner Allen was was the dog and the alpha, and he was the college baseball player of the year. And Rowdy Jordan was a multi-year All-SEC player, and they are gone. Now, this could take a while, and, and they may not have it. They may just not have it this year. What? How does this factor into Cam James and Logan Tanner over the next whatever it is, Steve, 15 games, 20 games, 25 games, trying to – be the man uh, after six years of Tanner Allen and Jake Mangum? Well, I think in some respects you have to develop some of that. And, and the, the thing that I don't think you know, can be underscored here is, you know, Logan Tanner, Luke Hancock, Cam James, they've watched 
Tanner Allen lead. You know, that they, they are well aware of who needs to be the dominant voice in the clubhouse. And so now it's their turn. You know, LT is one of those guys that uh, has never been short of confidence. And so he is a guy that I expect to be a very vocal leader, but he's also a guy, too, that has, has credibility. You know, he's a guy that's made the big hits. He's walked off some games. He's made the big throw. And so when he speaks, that voice carries some momentum with the, the guys in the dugout. Luke Hancock, a guy that always gets caught doing the right thing, not the most vocal guy, but he has kind of elevated that aspect of his personality here in, uh, you know, in recent weeks. But you're right, though. It, it is, it's kind of a trial by fire. You know, it's like this time last year, people were thinking, oh, well, what kind of leadership do we have? You know, Jake Mangum was the alpha, and Tanner Allen was kind of the Robin, his Batman. Well, then they transitioned. And, of course, T.A. became the face of this program. And I'll submit to you, Bo, maybe the best college baseball player to ever wear at the M over S is Tanner Allen. Uh, when you look at what he's done, national player of the year, national champion, uh, you look at the great things that he did. And, you know, he was the guy, too, if it had been a full draft here back in 2020, he's not around for 2021. And I submit to you, Mississippi State doesn't win a national championship without Tanner Allen. But is this team capable of getting to Omaha? They absolutely are. Uh, but when times get tough, you're going to need somebody to stand up and say, hey, we've got to move on from this. I think that can be LT. But I think this year it's probably a leadership by committee rather than one or two guys. Okay. Well, that can work. It, it can uh, sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, every sports team and so on is different. I think you make a great point. It did take Tanner Allen a little bit of time to to be to be the guy, but there wasn't any doubt in April, May, and June. So there's still another 20, 25 games or whatever it is to see what shakes out. And I think you're on to something with, with Logan Tanner. Um, do you expect a shakeup in the starting rotation this weekend for Mississippi State against Northern Kentucky? Nah, I don't think you make any decisions like that after one weekend. I mean, it's, yeah, I think if we look at this, okay, remove wins and losses from it, just looking at starting pitching performances, right? Well, you know what you have in Landon Sims. And I think a lot of people breathed a big sigh of relief when they saw how well he handled that. You know, it's like, okay, all right, cool, that's handled. You get in a Saturday, and KC actually had a pretty good start, and the next thing you know, you know, things kind of got away from him. Uh, first college start. You know, I don't, I don't think you can make any adjustments at this point, you know, based on one appearance. Because I thought he went out there and tried to compete. He didn't go out there and walk a bunch of people. Um, will he be better this week? We certainly hope so. But you have options. I mean, you saw how well Fristo pitched yesterday. And granted, it's a much different level of competition. But I thought we saw a more mature Jackson Fristo yesterday. And, and I mentioned that in postgame. You know, last year, if he ever had any adversity – he would then put the entire mantle of Mississippi State baseball on his shoulders and think, okay, I got to go strike everybody out. And then he was scared to get hit. It was like, well, I don't, you know, my guy may make an error, you know, because that was the thing too. He was really hit with a rash of those things last year where it took a while to kind of settle the infield behind him. And then he takes all that pressure internally. You didn't see that yesterday. And you know, that there was a couple things that happened. A ball hits the bag. And what does he do? He goes right back and attacks the next hitter. So that gives you some options if you need it on Saturday. But I thought the best pitching performance of the newcomers or the guys that are relatively uh, you know, new to Mississippi State pitching was Kate Smith. Sure. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. I think that's the biggest thing from the weekend that I take away is, okay, I don't have to worry about this anymore because you know, I think this is a guy – and, again, it's just one weekend. You, you don't want to have that – you don't want to have a double standard and say, well, well, don't judge him too harshly on the – too much for the positive. I think if Kate Smith can go out there and pitch – 
even anywhere close to that, Mississippi State's going to win a lot of baseball series because I think Landon Sims is going to win more than he loses. But what I love about Cade Smith, and I said this on my own show, is his delivery is repeatable. You know, it's like you look at some guys, and mechanically they're a mess, and they end up getting hurt. You know, you look at Kumar Rocker last year. You know, he's a guy that's all over the place. And so as a, as a result, he kind of overthrows. But you look at, you know, Cade Smith, and I'm not trying to say he's a future first-rounder, but, it, you know, again, it's kind of like the Tanner Allen thing. If there's a full draft in 2020, Kate Smith's not on campus. Well, now you have him. This guy's a future big leaguer. And you watch how effortless his delivery is, how sound he is mechanically, and how repeatable everything is from the same arm slot. No matter if he's throwing the fastball, the change, the breaking ball, it all looks the same coming out of his hand. And the spread is just ridiculous. And so that was among the most encouraging things to me. And so – I think you probably run the, the same three guys out there this weekend. And, you know, and if maybe, maybe if KC is not ready to be a starter, maybe you you slide Fristo in there the next weekend. But I, I think at this point you don't make any changes. And I think Foxall probably sees it the same way. Steve Robertson, the Boneyard podcast on the Out of Bounds show. What what about Preston Johnson? Where Where do you see, does he end up back or not back, but as a starter? Is he long mid-relief, or do you think he settles in as the closer? I think, well, I think he could be any of those three. Um, I don't know that Stone Simmons doesn't end up being the closer, to be honest with you, but uh, at least he'll get the opportunity, I think, to do that. But, you know, I like Preston Johnson as the first guy out of the bullpen. You know, he's kind of got that fireman mentality. I mean, it's like even when he comes in with runners on or whatever, you give him a clean inning, he's a strike thrower. Now, of course, he walked four over the weekend, but he also pitched himself out of that same jam that uh, he put himself in. So I think he has a pretty well-defined role as the first guy to the bullpen, but he is a guy, obviously, if you can't settle the rotation, uh, you put him out there. He was a starter in junior college, and so it's not like it's a you know foreign concept to him. And you know, to hear Fristo say they got six or seven guys that could start on the weekend, you didn't have that last year. And I think that's probably where this team is different. Last year, all your pitching death was in the bullpen. This year, I think it's going to be in your starters. And I think at the back end is where you've kind of got to figure some things out. And so, I mean, how many games did we see last year? It's like, okay, if we could just get to the fourth or fifth inning and turn it over to the bullpen, you felt like the game is over. I think you'll see these guys go deeper in the ball games and be a lot more pitch efficient because of the fact the strength of the staff is going to be in the starting rotation. We mentioned Tanner Leggett earlier and how he's going to push to chew up innings and A-Bs. Who else on the squad do you think that will push, regardless of position, for for some innings and some at-bats? You know, we talked about Matt Quarter, but, uh, you know, look at Drew McGowan. You know, Kellum Clark is kind of scuffling a little bit right now, and, and I'm not worried about that. They'll get that right. That, guy, that guy's a big leaguer. You know, I mean, it's just a matter of time. He's he struggled a little bit in the preseason, but they'll get him going. I mean, he's hitting the baseball hard. He's just you – know, he's kind of getting out on his front foot a little bit and elevating some things and, you know, He's still a younger guy that's kind of getting a sense of himself. He's going to be fine. But, you know, Drew McGowan's a guy that was a reserve outfielder most of the year. But, you know, people forget when State started the season out in Arlington, Drew McGowan's in the starting lineup. I and mean, this is a guy that has some starting experience. But he lost that job last year. They put him in the ball game uh, on Sunday, and he has a couple of big hits. You know, then he starts the game yesterday. And so, again, it gives Chris Lamontis some options. I mean, you've already had, what, six different players that are, or five different outfielders that have started games for you four games in, and that, that doesn't even include Jess Davis, who transferred in from UAB that, uh, you know, has played some as a reserve. But, you know, I think Drew McGowan could kind of be a bit of an X factor there in the outfield because, you know, 
hey, Kellen Park, I think, has played really well defensively, but the offensive piece hadn't really come around yet this year. But we saw what it was down the stretch. You know he has it in him. But if he, you, know, you don't want to let him go through you know, four or five games where he loses confidence, maybe you give him a day off. And I think Chris tried to do that yesterday. But it's good to have those guys that, number one, have some big, league, um, some big conference experience under their belt. But also, too, when a guy needs a day off, you can give him a day off and not worry about having to lose a ball game. All right, I have I haven't tracked what's happened in Georgia. Let's switch gears to football. We got a couple of minutes here. Um, I know Matt Luke stepped down. There were rumors of like six guys that hit the Twitter and internet over who could be considered to replace Matt Luke. One of them was Mason Miller, who played at Valdosta State under Mummy and Leach, and is currently the O line coach at MSU. What have you heard? I haven't heard much, and, and to be honest with you, I, I know geographically it's a fit. I just don't know if philosophically it's a fit. You know, Mason Miller was a running back, basically a fullback, and so he's kind of learned offensive line uh, play as a coach. And, you know, he's a Mike Leach guy. He's a guy that's, uh, you know, very committed to the air raid. So I don't know when you begin to break down, you know, what Georgia runs versus what Mason Miller has run throughout his career, and it's not just at State and at Washington State, but even when he was, you know, at southeastern Louisiana with Mummy, he is an air raid offensive line coach. Does that mesh with what Kirby wants to run? I don't think so, no. but I don't think you can just dismiss it, you know, because, you know, with the athletes that Georgia has, I'm sure you could be a pretty quick study, but I just think, you know, I'm not overly concerned about it at this point. Of course, anytime somebody has a chance to go home, you kind of raise your eyebrow a little bit. I just don't know if it's the best fit. Right. No, I agree. They like, they still like to pound it and so on. Um, okay. Uh, 10 to 12 practices in spring ball. Will there be chatter about Sawyer Robertson closing the gap on Will Rogers? Well, there absolutely will be, whether it's true or not. Because uh, <laughs> everybody because loves we, the backup. We, yeah, well, there's no, there's not a more popular guy on the Mississippi State campus than a backup quarterback. I mean, that's you know, that's, a, and if just leave it to some of our message board posters. If there's ever a walk on out there that ever completes a pass and a scrimmage, he's going to be the guy. You know, it's like, uh, it's funny how that works. But uh, yeah, listen, I still think Will is going to be the starter this year. Uh, I think Sawyer does make it interesting, and maybe you sprinkle him in a little bit this year. I think you know it could be awfully interesting in 2023. You know, I, I think a lot of it kind of depends on you know, Sawyer's development. But, uh, you know, he understood when he got here that he was not coming into a wide-open quarterback competition. He understood that Will was expected to be the guy. He would give him a chance to compete. And had he shown up in January and not played high school baseball, maybe we're having a different conversation today. But, you know, he is all those reps behind Will, not to mention all the game experience. And so, now I still think it's Will Rogers' job all the way. But I do think you see Sawyer Robertson you know, a little bit more in 2022. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Steve wanted to talk 20 minutes of Ben Howland, but we're going to do that next time. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and we'll 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 do that. Uh, we'll save that for next week after after they beat uh, South Carolina today and beat Bandy. Then we'll bring Steve back on to preview the Auburn game. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. See ya. Steve Robertson, uh, jeanspage.com, the book, The Dog Pile. He'll be in uh, Jackson or Ridgeland at Barnes & Noble on um, Saturday. I think he said two to four. He's going to miss the game. How about that? Uh, but he'll sell a ton of books. So it's 
what it is. He's number one in the state of Mississippi. They, I guess they, I didn't know this. They throw out the rankings every week, which is kind of cool. Uh, we're live in the Bank Plus studio, Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, lunch today brought to you by Sal and Mookie's in Madison. And they, Tuesday through Friday, Sal and Mookie's does pizza slice specials. They usually drop it within a few minutes, match it with the Caesar salad. Uh, one, it's not expensive. Two, it's delicious. Three, um, you get it. You get it on the fly, which is really, really nice. Also want to give you a shout-out. Here's something I want you to look for at your local area supermarket, grocery store, or uh, service station, like Fleetway Market or Corner Market. Jameson Ginger Ale and Lime. Cocktails in a can. Jameson Ginger Ale and Lime. It is really, really good. You also have, you know, the Crown Royal and Coke and, and some others. Uh, out there that we're going to tell you about. But one that you may want to try is Jameson Ginger Ale and Lime. And whether that's at Fleetway Market, Corner Market, or your local grocery store or service station. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Fueling Up at Fleetway Market. See you.